Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Michelle, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Andlauer Healthcare Group 2021 Second Quarter Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Please be aware that certain information discussed today may be forward-looking in nature. Such forward-looking information reflects the company's current views with respect to future events. Any such information is subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking information. For more information on the risks, uncertainties, and assumptions relating to forward-looking information, please refer to the company's latest MDNA and annual information form, which are available on CDAR. Management may also refer to certain non-IFRS financial measures. Although the company believes these measures provide useful supplemental information about financial performance, they are not recognized measures and do not have standardized meanings under IFRS. Please see the company's latest MD&A for additional information regarding non-IFRS financial measures including for reconciliations to the nearest IFRS measures. Please note that unless otherwise stated, all references to any financial figures are in Canadian dollars. Following management's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. This call is being recorded on August the 12th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Michael Andlauer. Please go ahead. Thank you, Michelle, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. With me on the call today, I've got Peter Bromley, our Chief Financial Officer. Following my opening remarks, Peter will follow with a more detailed discussion of our financial performance, and I'll conclude with my comments on our outlook and growth strategy, and then we'll open up the lines to any questions. So without sounding self-promoting, uh, we truly had an exceptional performance in both our healthcare logistics and specialized transportation segments during the quarter. This was due to good, strong, organic growth in all our product lines and a full quarter contribution from our latest acquisition of Skelton. Skelton Canada contributed approximately $10.5 million in revenue during the quarter, and our minority interest in Skelton USA contribu- contributed to a strong bottom line performance. We're very pleased with the strategic fit of Skelton. It's really proven to be a highly complementary addition to our business. We continue to support the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines this last quarter and all its ancillary products to Canadians. With the activity ramping up significantly as Canadian government secured more supply in April, May and June. Our vaccine-related revenue coming from government contracts, manufacturers and other distributors comprise approximately 5% of our total revenue in this quarter. While taking on this added mandate and responsibility, We have maintained service levels across all our operations, 
our low turnover rates, and our ongoing collaboration of our team in monitoring and adhering to COVID safety measures has ensured the timely and safe delivery of essential products to public health units, hospitals, pharmacies, and clinics across Canada. We're very proud to be a trusted service provider in supporting the critical mandate of COVID vaccine distribution in Canada and our team's success in providing specialized solutions to our clients involved in supply of vaccines further demonstrate the commitment to excellence throughout our AHG companies. I now would like to turn the call over to Peter to review our financial results in more detail. Peter. Thank you, Michael, and, and good morning, everyone. Uh, revenue for the quarter increased by 52.5% to, uh, to $107.1 million from $70.3 million in Q2 last year. The TDS Logistics, McAllister Courier, and Skeleton acquisitions accounted for approximately $17.7 million of the $36.9 million total increase. Revenue for our healthcare logistics segment totaled $34.7 million, an increase of 36.1% compared to, with Q2 a year ago. The increase was attributable to 34.6% year-over-year growth in our logistics and distribution product line, primarily due to greater inbound product volume, storage and handling activities relating to existing client contracts, and the implementation of, of a significant new client contract in July 2020. Our packaging solutions also contributed to growth in our healthcare logistics segment, with revenue for this product line totaling $5.6 million an increase of 44.5% compared to Q2 last year, reflecting the near-complete restoration of our operating capacity to pre-pandemic levels as we were able to gradually and safely ease limitations on the number of, of, of associates in our packaging operations in accordance with health guidelines. The increase also reflects retailers restoring their previously deferred orders for certain consumer healthcare products in connection with travel restrictions to vacation destinations. Revenue in our specialized transportation segment totaled $72.4 million in the quarter, an increase of 61.8% from Q2 last year. The increase was attributable to a 57.6% growth in our ground transportation product line, driven by incremental revenue from the McAllister and Skelton acquisitions of approximately $11.9 million, higher volume from our existing client base, and higher fuel costs passed on to to customers as a component of pricing. And year-over-year year, <clears throat> growth in our air freight forwarding and dedicated and last-mile delivery product lines of 19.4% and 116.6% respectively. Growth in air freight forwarding was attributable to volume increases and increased fuel revenue related to higher fuel costs. Growth in dedicated and last-mile delivery was primarily attributable to incremental revenue of approximately $5.8 million from TDS Logistics and the expansion of certain western route, certain routes in Western Canada and increases in fuel costs passed on to customers. Cost of transportation and services for the quarter were $47.3 million or 44.1% of revenue compared with $28.5 million or 40.6% of revenue for Q2 last year. The higher cost of transportation and services for Q2 this year reflects approximately a 20% increase in volume in our ATS healthcare business. The acquisitions of TDS, McAllister, and Skelton, and higher fuel costs in line with increases in, increases in revenue related to fuel prices. The increase in the operating ratio for the quarter reflects the addition of 
TDS and McAllister cost profiles partially offset by savings achieved through the effective management of our variable costs with increased volume. Direct operating costs were $21.6 million or 20.1% of revenue compared with $17 million or 24.2% of revenue for Q2 last year. The increase was primarily, primarily attributable to our acquisitions. However, these acquisitions, which are included in our specialized transportation segment, have lower facility-related costs in relation to healthcare, in, in relation to our healthcare logistics segment, which results in a lower direct operating expense operating ratio in Q2 this year versus Q2 a year ago. SG&A expenses were $9.2 million, or 8.6% of revenue, compared with $6.8 million, or 9.6% of revenue Q2 a year ago. Higher SG&A expenses reflect our year-on-year -year growth. Operating income totaled $18.8 million, an increase of 69.5% compared to Q2 last year, primarily reflecting our growth in total revenue, which exceeded the 49.3% increase in total operating expenses for the quarter. Net income and comprehensive income increased by 84.7% to $13.1 million, or 33 cents per share on a diluted basis from $7.1 million, or 18 cents per share on a diluted basis in Q2 or a year ago. The increase reflects higher segment net income before eliminations from our two operating segments and a $0.8 million contribution from our 49% interest in Skelton USA. EBITDA for the quarter increased by 66.9% to $30 million from $18 million in Q2 last year due to the factors previously discussed. Our EBITDA margin improved to 28%, up 240 basis points from Q2 last year, reflecting the strong performance of our two operating segments. Further, Skelton's margin profile has positively impacted our overall margin. If I look at our balance sheet, as at June 30th, 2021, we had cash and cash equivalents of $14.6 million and working capital of $6.5 million. This compares to cash and cash equivalents of $30.1 million and working capital of $44.4 million at 2020 year end. Our decrease in cash and working capital at the quarter end is primarily, primarily attributable to the acquisitions of Skelton and Skelton USA. We partially finance these acquisitions through a combination of cash on hand and by drawing $50 million on a revolving credit facility and $25 million on our term facility. We expect to continue to reduce amounts drawn on our revolving credit facility during fiscal 2021 with excess free cash flow generated from operations. I'd now I'd like to turn the call back to Michael for closing comments. Michael. Thank you, Peter. <clears throat> so our strong performance in the quarter is a direct result of the stable and reliable growth that our core national platform generates and when you add the additional strategic enhancement we've implemented over the past year, which included the opening of our state-of-the-art facility in Brampton last July, a continued growth in the reach of our dedicated and last-mile delivery product line, our acquisitions of TDS and McAllister in Q4 of 2020, the Skelton acquisition in Q1 of this year, and our success and support in the COVID vaccine distribution in certain regions of Canada, which is creating the opportunity to open up future growth opportunities then you do get the exceptional performance witnessed so far this year. We expect continued solid performance over the next quarters, supported by the ongoing organic growth, a full year of contributions from our acquisitions, 
working closely with the Ministry of Health and other clients in getting vaccines warehoused and delivered to new vaccination points safely and securely, and doing all this while ensuring the safety and well-being of all our drivers and all our employees. I want to thank all our management, our employees, and drivers who truly have made a difference. That concludes our, our formal remarks, and we'd now like to turn the line to questions. Michelle, please commence the Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the star followed by the two. And if you are using a hand speaker, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Your first question comes from Kevin Chang, CIBC. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, good morning, everybody. Congrats on a, on a good quarter there. Um, maybe if I could drill in on the margins, obviously, an exceptional performance. And, I'm, and, and I guess I'm trying to get a sense of you know, given the acquisitions you've made um, and, and I guess the mix of, of revenue you have today, just how, how do you think about the, I guess, the, 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 the go forward margin range we should be expecting from, from Ann Lauer here? Is, is this kind of the new normal, something in the, in the higher 20% range in terms of EBITDA margin? Hi, good morning, Kevin. Uh, it's Michael. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, obviously we're, we're a little bit surprised uh, because I've always tried to operate through a variable cost operation. But I guess with these acquisitions, what, what, we, what's, what has transpired is that uh, these, these, there's a, there was, before the acquisitions, um, they were either customers or suppliers of each other. And I, I guess when you, when you do the consolidation, you eliminate 
revenues and you eliminate costs depending now that they're intercompany uh, transactions. In case in point, if skeleton, if uh, as an example, if skeleton was a a, a client of uh, I'm sorry, if, if Accuristics was a client of Skelton and spent a million dollars, uh, now all of a sudden that, that million dollars is, is eliminated because Skelton, uh, as, you, you know, as you can probably attest. So those eliminations, in essence, is artificially lowering the revenue that we, we post, uh, and, but the EBITDA doesn't change. Uh, earnings don't change. So uh, we've seen that uh, in light of the fact that the acquisitions that we've made over the last year have all been complementary, um, and and um, and so that that that's that that kind of picks it up. And, and the other uh, aspect is our growth. We continue to grow. Uh, you know, it's certainly when we did we do a dedicated uh, uh, service to a certain region. Uh, now all of a sudden, uh, we don't have the uh, you know in an area like Castlegar, for example. Uh, where we used to outsource uh, to an, to an agent, now all of a sudden the ATS uh, business that goes in there uh, it can go within our own uh, network, and so there's some consolidation, some efficiencies drawn from there. So, um, you know, just focusing on on what we do best, and and, uh, and we've been able to uh, uh, to increase those margins. Um, that, that makes a ton of sense there. Uh, and, and then if I just, if I just look at the, the various re- revenue trends, um, uh, you know, if, if I, if I take, take out the M&A and, and you called out about 5% of revenue uh, was, was from the movement of, of COVID-19 vaccines and ancillary products associated with that, I, I get to a revenue that looks pretty close to what you were doing pre-pandemic. Is that kind of the right way to think about your business at a high level? That that kind of your, I'll call it your legacy operations, uh, are, are kind of back to what what it looked like in, in very early 2020 before the pandemic hit. Uh, and then as you look out into Q3 here, any color on 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 what the trends in terms of the movement of again COVID-19 vaccines and and, and ancillary products are? Is it, is it still kind of holding at the levels you saw in, in, in the second quarter, or are we seeing that kind of dip down a little bit, just given the higher vaccination vaccination rates? Yeah, well, we're hoping to get back to normal. Um, and I think, obviously, the vaccines have been an artificial increase to our business uh, to, to some degree. Um, uh, I, I think when we compare Q2 of last year to Q2 this year, uh, if you recall, uh, we came out of Q1 of last year uh, with uh, all the hoarding in, in March and, mm-hmm. and, and all of us in the lockdown. So, you know, uh, our growth was, was not nearly as significant from the previous year uh, in Q2. Uh, everything was locked down. Um, uh, pe- you know, people were consuming what was hoarded in Q1. Uh, so there was sense of, a bit more sense of normalcy, despite the fact that we did have some shutdowns over over. Q2, but uh, in, in essence, uh, part of the you know, big spike uh, that you, you, you see, um, we, we see a, a normalcy in our business more so, particularly in the areas where, you know, uh, health and beauty aids uh, tend to tend to have picked up again. Uh, people are out out and about more. Travel vaccines are starting to to uh, uh, increase. So we're starting to see a bit more of that. We're still not there yet, 
but certainly consumers are 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 using most of the products that we warehouse and distribute and, and transport um, uh, today. So we we and and obviously this as Kevin has has been shown, this has been pretty resilient business regardless of what. Mm-hmm. What's been thrown at us, and, and we've been able to uh, to sustain uh, the, the the growth of, of the healthcare sector. No, that's, uh, that, 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 that's definitely um, a, a clear observation. Maybe just last one for me. You know, uh, you know there's been I guess headlines recently on 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 Moderna looking to to build a uh, a facility here in Canada. I think I think you know a, a, a key focus of the federal government today is is to maybe to, to increase our pharmaceutical manuf- our domestic pharmaceutical manufacturing capabilities. Just a- anything you're seeing on your front is, is, I guess, I presume it's too early for them to be contemplating the logistics uh, implications of, of that kind of buildup. But as you look out over the longer term, do, do you see this potentially uh, increasing your organic growth rate? Or, or are there things you think you need to acquire or services you need to add in order to, 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 to potentially take advantage of, 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 of these, uh, of these potential opportunities? No, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think as a, as a, as a proud Canadian, I, I welcome the idea of, of, you know, being able to, uh, uh, have manufacturing in our country. We've seen, we came out of the gate pretty late as Canadians in terms of the vaccines. Now we, we more than made up for it. Uh, we're in a position now where we're, we have excess vaccines, and we got to convince uh, the last 20% to get vaccinated to, to ensure that we get to, uh, uh, a safe fourth wave uh, that's that's uh, that's out there. But uh, I, I would I would uh, we have the network to support it. Um, you know, uh, the insourcing in Canada will just mean that that there's you know that that step from the USA. Uh, or from Belgium uh, going into Canada is is now done domestically uh, from manufacturing to distribution facility. Um, so we see that as you know, we're well positioned to to support any of that um, from that standpoint. No, welcome welcome, welcome the opportunity to having Moderna uh, have their footprint in Canada uh, and their bricks and mortar too. For sure, I'd echo that sentiment as well. Uh, I'll leave it there. Thanks for taking my questions. Congrats on good to you there. Thank you, Kevin. Your next question comes from Maggie McDougall of Stiefel. Please go ahead. Morning. Good morning, Maggie. If we could touch a bit just on um, the general sort of cost side of the business. And um, there's a few areas I'm curious on. The first would be, uh, you know, leases in a lot of your facilities. If you expect there to be rent rollovers in the next year or two and, and what you, you guys are expecting there in terms of cost inflation. And then just generally on the fuel and labor side, um, what you're seeing in terms of both availability of labor and the cost inflation, if there is any in those two categories in particular. Yeah. Good morning, Maggie. And, and, and yeah, those are great questions. Um, certainly, it's uh, the leases. Most of our facilities uh, are leased. Actually, it's not all. <laughs> um, the uh, we uh, the biggest impact would be on the on the logistics side. Uh, we are well in excess of a million square feet under roof. Uh, 
and uh, amongst uh, I think eight eight or nine facilities across the country. Um, the and yeah, the landlords have uh, uh, don't regard uh, you know uh, the fact that we you know in some places we've been there for ten years or we made their facilities better than they were before. Uh, they're looking at return. Uh, and their cost base hasn't changed, but uh, rates are going from you know uh, six six fifty seven dollars a square foot to twelve dollars in the GTA. Uh, so that and that you know that's their second largest cost uh, in that business after after labor. Uh, so part of it is, was anticipating uh, this, and we we saw that coming uh, a year ago uh, plus. Um, and uh, we we feel comfortable. We have long-term leases, in, in, in uh, particularly in our facilities in Vaughan. Um, so we have probably have a you know three-year window um, to get adjusted. But part of it is also educating our clients um, and positioning ourselves uh, as such. Um, the good news is that uh, the the clients are looking. For service, uh, first and foremost, um, the the complications of building narcotics faults or or uh, freezers and uh, getting validated by by Health Canada uh, makes it very cumbersome. The capital cost required. So, uh, part of it is just to make sure that we're li- aligned uh, and we communicate that. And and uh, inevitably, even big pharma has to go through procurement and and the likes, and we get pushed back at times. And um, but uh, we also understand the, the competitive landscape, and and uh, you know we're aligned that way as well. So I think we're in a we're in a we're in a good position because we're servicing our customers uh, very well. Uh, there's no reason for them to leave, certainly from a service standpoint, and from a cost standpoint, we're as competitive, and in some cases we're actually more competitive because we're we've got these leases for at least you know three, three, four, five years uh, at, at competitive rates, actually in some cases lower than competitive rates. Uh, so that takes care of that, that part of the questions. You talked about fuel and labor. Fuel typically, Maggie, is a pass-through. Uh, the whole industry is, has, uh, has been disciplined about it, uh, whether it be diesel or regular fuel or air fuel, uh, airplane fuel. It's, uh, there's an index. Uh, and there's been a good discipline uh, amongst our industry to ensure that that as as those costs go through, they're passed through as a fuel surcharge. Um, so that's pretty much uh, um, takes care of that. On the labor front, I am I am somewhat uh, concerned about that. Uh, you know, you, you you just you know especially in some some. Areas uh, where you just see all kinds of signs looking for mm-hmm. for hire, um, and I to us it's you know I, I think I believe when we onboard somebody and train somebody and and and, and the culture that we we have uh, at at our facilities at, at all our facilities and and the and the profit sharing initiatives that we have through our KPI program where our executive teams go out there and meet with all the employees every quarter. Um, uh, I personally, I'm going to be out west next week. Uh, to, I'm looking forward to seeing all the employees um, uh, out west, and and uh, and we talk about the state of the, of our business, and um, they get you know uh, 
they get rewarded for their performance as well on top of their salaries. Uh, getting them on board is not, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, getting them on and, and, uh, and the low turnover is, is testimonial to the mm-hmm. fact that that's not, that hasn't been an issue. And uh, onboarding them, getting, getting them recruited uh, is, is a little more difficult. Um, so, um, uh, interestingly enough, we had our board meeting and I mentioned to our board that that, that was an area of concern for me going forward that I'd like to get in front of it. it it's not a concern right now, but uh, we will, we will uh, certainly not in Canada. In the U.S., it's a different story. Uh, in the U.S., it's, uh, uh, onboarding is not an issue with Skelton USA. It's actually equipment. Uh, just cannot get equipment, and I'm sure you've all heard the whole chip story. Uh, you know, so we, we were looking at growth curve uh, at a rate of two trucks uh, a month, and uh, we're about seven trucks behind uh, at Skelton USA right now as it stands. Um, so uh, that, that be, that's become an issue, trying to get equipment uh, to supply. And in Canada as well, uh, uh, a couple of our dedicated contracts there. We were we were looking at uh, at uh, uh, helping one of the one of the distributors, and uh, we just can't. We didn't feel comfortable enough uh, in executing because we didn't feel that we could get uh, the equipment in time uh, for that contract. So that's that's the cost it's side the from our world. These days. What, what's that, Maggie? I said it's the lay of the land these days. It, it sure is, yeah. I think not, not only for our industry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, you know, congrats on a on a really good quarter um, and the and the margin growth. And and I'll get back in the queue in case uh, there's some others here who want to ask some questions. Thanks, Maggie. Your next question comes from Tim James, TD Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks very much. Congratulations there on a, on a good quarter. Um, I'm just wondering if we could uh, dive into or get a bit of an update on the capital expenditure plans. I know I know they're relatively light and, and limited, but um, I'm just wondering if you could kind of, you know, look out at the balance of this year and maybe through 2022 and just talk about where new capital uh, is, is going to be invested. Uh, I'll... I'll, I'll uh... I'll let Peter, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. I'll let Peter uh, answer this one. Hey, uh, good morning, Tim. Um, so CapEx for us in, in, uh, in sort of the, the pre-acquisition days has, has remained uh, low, um, you know, relative to, to our, our size of our business, given that it is uh, primarily a, a lease-based model in, in terms of not only the facilities but, but also the equipment. So those... And we really balance our, our CapEx um, spend uh, roughly 50-50 between growth and maintenance. Those ranges um, for the, you know, if I exclude the acquisitions, they would be in the range of kind of one to four uh, million per year uh, for each of growth and, and uh, maintenance CapEx. And that's, that's really stable and, and hasn't really, really changed um, and we don't expect it to. But w- when I turn my mind to the, the acquisitions, um, we, you know, primarily Skelton, let's say, uh, because TDS and McAllister would, would fit into the, uh, the, pr- the previous model. Um, cap- the, the Skelton business model is more of, a, of a owned equipment, so, so tractors and trailers are, are purchased, um, and that, that, those 
as well as in, in the U.S. Um, so those, those CapEx numbers will run kind of three to four million of, of CapEx per year. Um, and, and that, again, is split between um, growth and CapEx. So, so the, the skeleton business model would add CapEx spend to our overall spend. And, and again, we, we've, when we buy these, uh, these, these or make these acquisitions, one of the, the things that's been very uh, successful for us in the past is, is to let, let the company do what it does, does and, and maintain its, its management team and operating uh, strategy. And, and so we don't see uh, any in the near term changing the, the CapEx uh, model for, for Skelton either. So those, that gives you a sense for, for some of the numbers as, as we go out um, into, uh, into the next uh, couple of quarters. Okay, thank you. And, and maybe just to follow up on that, um, and I'm thinking about sort of future vehicle growth and, and warehousing capability. Um, and I realize some of that may be you know, financed through operating leases, of course. Is there any challenges for you, or do you feel um, and maybe you could comment on kind of where you see adding um, those types of assets or that type of capacity, and, and if I guess I'm just wondering, you know, the organic growth just looks great, great here. There's so many opportunities. I'm just wondering if, you know, um, you're you're being restrained or or foresee a situation where you may be a little bit capacity limited in order to to take advantage of, of all the opportunities that you have. I'll, I'll take this one, Tim. Um, it's Michael. Um, yeah, I mean, restrained. We talked about the tractors in in. Uh, in the USA, uh, particularly uh, being a, a strain, and we wish we could spend more more, more capital on that uh, because it is good good margin business, and there is a big demand uh, right now in the USA for for that. Um, with respect to facilities, um, when we built the the Brampton facility uh, last uh, summer. Uh, and opened it last July, uh, a year ago. Uh, we had anticipated that we would, you know, take have 50% in and grow it over the next couple of years. Uh, we're we're quickly finding out that we're 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 going to be soon at capacity. Now, some of it is we're we're trying to anticipate if it's transient, in light of the fact that we're doing some of the some of the accessorial. Uh, Product uh, that support vaccines uh, for the Ministry of Health, um, uh, both in Alberta and Ontario, uh, and um, we were, you know, it's a, a, just like this COVID vaccine. It's been pretty fluid, so we're not, you know, we're not sure uh, the longevity of it. Uh, you know, we got. Uh, Booster vaccines in the horizon, uh, so all the supporting material that goes with it uh, will probably stay. Uh, so that's a bit of that area, but we keep on growing that. We're almost full in that facility, so we are going to be in the same position as everybody else. Um, I, I, I think about it all the time, and I'm thinking of, of ways of differentiating ourselves from the rest, and, 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 and I'll, I'll leave it at that until I find that solution. But um, um, I, as I said before, I, I don't think our competitors will have any advantage over us uh, in light of the fact, but we, we, will, we will come to that threshold. I thought 
we would it would be a little later, but uh, we're, we're we're dealing with it now because I anticipate that it's going to be coming to you in, in the near future. Okay, thank you. And then just my my last question, um, and I'm thinking about organic growth, organic revenue growth. I guess um, you know if we um, exclude acquisitions and and the um, COVID vaccine distribution impact that you've identified here, we kind of look at a two year revenue CAGR in, in Q2, I think it implies about eight and a half to 9% uh, annual growth. And, and you've talked in the past about kind of long-term organic growth, I think uh, in the mid to high single digit range. Is that still a good reference point? Is there anything that you see in the market that's changed? Um, and maybe if you could just comment on sort of what the base market growth rate is and, and um, your ability to extract a, a premium uh, by gaining market share in, in any particular segments of the business? Um, yeah, I mean, those are all the things that we keep us up at night. Uh, um, uh, but I, I think we've been, I look at the history of our business and I look at, you know, there's always moving parts. Consolidation of big pharma is going to affect uh, growth in light of uh, you know consolidating their their orders and 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 the likes um, and other type of pressures of that sort, but there's always something that come, seems to creep up. So the history has always shown that we've been able to grow uh, comfortably at at the mid to single digit uh, mid to high single digit growth rate. Uh, we we don't anticipate that changing. If anything. We, with the acquisitions that we've made and the network that we continue to to expand on, particularly in Canada, um, we we see that as as uh, uh, you know as an opportunity for us to to uh, to maintain that and maybe even you know uh, maybe maybe even grow it. Um, I keep on getting surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, on the U.S. side. Uh, I had mentioned that you know this was a learning process for me, and, and I, I wanted to to you know dip my toe into the U.S. market uh, with the Scout in USA. It's been incredible uh, learning for me. Uh, the one thing I have recognized is that there is a there is a high demand for our our product, uh, and um, a Skeleton has an has done an incredible job of differentiating themselves from the rest in, in the marketplace. Because of their QA uh, commitment to quality, uh, and also the commitment to how they treat their drivers, uh, uh, it, it was very eye-opening um, um, in seeing that. But uh, uh, we see that as, a, as as very opportunistic going forward. We just need the equipment. Okay, that's great. You actually uh, you you answered my my final question there regarding Skeleton USA. So uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Dan. Your next question comes from Konark Gupta, Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Thanks, and uh, good morning, everyone. Um, so maybe a question uh, for you, Mike. Um, you talked about uh, lease rate inflation, and obviously you got some, you know, natural hedging there in the sense that you got some long-term leases and some, you know, pricing growth as well. But does this lease rate inflation uh, change your view to maybe own some assets rather than lease in the long term? 
Oh my God, Corona. Good morning, by the way. And, and it's, uh, I was waiting for your call. Usually, you're the first guy out of the gate. Uh, these calls, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I um, uh, yeah. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I think uh, um, if if I if I had a crystal ball, you know, three years ago with, with respect to to uh, real estate, I, we we would have jumped on it then. Um, uh, I think we're probably behind now. I think we're at we're at a, you know the 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 perfect perfect storm. Uh, and you look at these industrial REITs, uh, they're 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 you know they're probably you know uh, whatever you know they're 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 enjoying life right now. Uh, like I said, cost base or their cost bases last. In order to build today, I think in the GTA, I was talking to a builder. And uh, the price of land is going through the roof, uh, but the you know the you're talking about yields of under five percent uh, that they're looking for. Um, it, it's it's not it it it's not quite. I'd rather be spending that money in acquisitions or even giving dividends out to our investors versus taking that capital and and, and uh, investing that. So I, I think we're. Uh, like I said, are, we're competitive out there in the marketplace. We do have a natural hedge uh, because of our commitment, uh, long-term commitments with some of these landlords. Uh, and uh, um, but I think we're we're past that stage at this juncture. I think one of the opportunities is uh, because our our business is is uh, is national in nature. Um, that we don't necessarily have to be in the GTA to support some of our pharma customers, and that's one of the areas that I, uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, in order to, to bring our cost base down. But uh, that's uh, um, uh, that's to be continued. That, that's that's great, Colonel Mike. Thank you. Um, and then perhaps uh, on the margin. Um, so clearly, or, organically, margins seem to be doing pretty well, and you said you were surprised uh, in a few places here. But um, talking specific, specifically about these recent acquisitions, so Skelton uh, seems like it's uh, it's the margin is at the top end of the range, so I think very satisfactory. Um, anything uh, incremental on Skelton you can do? What can you tweak to further improve margin there? And then TDS and MCI, they, they seem a little bit uh, margin dilutive overall. Uh, what, what is the potential there for those guys uh, to improve margin? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did uh, seem a little surprised uh, with it. And, but I guess when, when, you, when you do the accounting, like I said, the intercompany uh, transactions get eliminated. Uh, so it doesn't change your EBITDA, but it does uh, you know, diminish your, your revenue. Uh, if these were all standalone companies in arm's length, then our, the total of those revenues would be greater. Um, so hence why the margin, we, we're seeing a, a, that margin going up. Uh, having said that, um, uh, the folks at Skeleton continue to operate as a, uh, uh, as a standalone. The wonderful thing about uh, the two com- the, the, the three companies, uh, in particular Acuristics, ATS, and, and Skeleton, is that there's been incredible collaboration. And it's not even at the um, it, you know, upper management standpoint, it's been at the management, at the, at, at the ground level. Um, 
the, the fact that we have a national network at ATS and, and Skelton typically uh, 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 does more peddling uh, of, of their products um, has given them a network. They, you know, now they have a reach of a network, a national network of you know, 22 facilities instead of one facility. Uh, and the support uh, of, of the local management at ATS to support them. Um, likewise, if they if they're if they're stranded in Vancouver on a, on a you know by doing their their uh, delivery run into the west, uh, we're able to give them a, a load of uh, uh, vitamins coming back from BC uh, back to Toronto. Um, so there's been a lot of efficiencies gained. Uh, and I believe that there's even there will be even more so uh, as we get more integrated. One of the opportunities that Skelton has is is to is to get on the platform of of of, of uh, ATS with respect to IT um, and better visibility from a tracking of of uh, not their equipment because they're best in class on that front, and from a security standpoint, they're best in class. But but. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, EDI uh, transactions with the customers and better visibility with the, with their, within their customer base. Uh, um, so there's a lot of efficiencies there. Uh, we, we're taking care of the low-hanging fruit right now. They're doing it uh, uh, collectively on their own, um, but uh, there'll probably be more as as the year uh, as we get more comfortable, even more comfortable. Like like I said, the, this transaction happened in February, so it's been you know. A quarter and a bit, so it's it's it's, it's, uh, it's been great. Okay, thanks. And um, last one for me before I turn it over. Um, on the vaccine front, um, so you mentioned five percent of overall revenue um, this quarter, which seems like slightly up from from the previous quarter. Um, well, when 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 the vaccine, um, you know, the, the vaccine impact uh, fades out. Uh, some at some point, I guess booster sh uh, shot is going to be here for some point. But you know, let's say the vaccine contribution ends, uh, you know, substantially. Uh, is there any um, government-related uh, work that continues, be it Ministry of Health or, or any other, you know, provincial stuff that you are doing right now? Yeah, I, I I believe that we're executing on all fronts, and I think uh, one of the one of the areas, you know, this. Uh, the vaccine distribution has allowed us to get front and center in front of government, which we never ever had. Uh, you know, our, our client base was either manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, uh, or third-party logistics companies in the healthcare sector. Um, uh, now, all of a sudden, we're in front. They've, they've seen our capabilities. We've sat down collaboratively and try to be as efficient as possible. Uh, you know, turned around vaccines within 24 hours, uh, did recalls of Astra uh, uh, back into our facilities, uh, recognized that if you handle products only once, uh, it becomes more efficient uh, method, um, both from, a, a, from execution but also from a cost standpoint. Um, you know, our mandate is to, to try to be as more efficient as possible to, to, to cut costs for the government. Uh, I certainly didn't want to get into this uh, pandemic with uh, with the eyes of, of, of it being a, a profitable venture. Um, I, I but the outcome of this is uh, has allowed us to uh, 
for them to look at us as a vehicle um, for other things. And uh, one of the provincial jurisdictions uh, award, have awarded us the the, vac the flu vaccine distribution um, uh, in light of, of our performance and how we, uh, you know. And, and so the, I think the Ministry of Health and some of the Ministry of Health are relooking at the at the way they they do things uh, and. Um, uh, our network and our uh, flexibility is, has allowed us to, uh, to go front and center. So I see this as very opportunistic going forward. Uh, with respect to the, to the COVID vaccine, uh, I, you know, uh, I, you know, between mRNA technology uh, and and um, who knows how things will will go. But I understand that you know uh, uh, there's been 90 million vaccines ordered for boosters over the next three years and uh, we'll uh, we'll be doing the distribution of that uh, uh, in some form or way um, and obviously uh, the material that goes with it will be going hand in hand so we will see a slowdown I, I, I kind of hope <laughs> as a Canadian I hope I hope so um, but I don't think it's going away uh, anytime soon, and I don't think it's going to go away forever either. Um, I think there'll be uh, the goodwill that we've created is, is, is going to create new opportunities, and certainly the, the you know, vaccine distribution uh, part of it uh, between the Credo uh, solutions, which has been a, probably the the underlying star of this uh, of this uh, uh, this show, I guess. Uh, uh, and and then the network uh, has allowed us to um, to open up the door of opportunity for AHG. That's great. Uh, appreciate the time and the Congress on a good quarter. Thank you, Connor. Your next question comes from Walter Spracklin, RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hey, Michael and Peter, how are you? Excellent, Walter. Uh, this is actually uh, James McGarrigle. I'm on for uh, Waltz this morning, but I appreciate you taking my question. Hi, James. I wanted to, uh, hey, I wanted to ask a question on potential M&A. Uh, I know last quarter you mentioned that activity would pause um, while you focus on the vaccine distribution. But do you have any updates on the uh, M&A pipeline? And uh, looking a little longer term into 2022, do you expect focus to remain in Canada? Or is there anything uh, in the U.S. Uh, that we could see, given so far what you're seeing with the... Uh, your early indications in the U.S. from the, the, the skeleton uh, purchase. James, in order for me to answer that question, you're going to have to sign an NDA. I'll joke aside. I would suggest that, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, our management team and our employees have been so focused on execution here, and you've seen the growth that we've had uh, uh, we 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 want to stay focused. I mean, I think you know, ensuring that the service levels and our employees are well taken care of uh, to me is paramount. Uh, life's a long time, and we'll we will uh, uh, you know we will have those opportunities. The reality is that uh, in light of our success and in light of the, our our our, uh, our presence or just a little foothold in the United States, we been exposed to to some opportunities. Um, uh, I'm not going to elaborate more, 
but we, I feel very comfortable in the opportunities uh, that are that are in front of us, both domestically and and uh, and south of the border. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Obviously, we've been successful in in, in some of these transactions. Um, that bodes well. We have a bit of a template now that we can work with, and uh, um, and we'll. Uh, the good news is that we we will do what's right for business long term. Uh, we we're not you know we are not pressured to have to uh, to make a decision because we have to do acquisitions or we have to grow. You know, uh, at the end of the day, we'll do what's in the best interest of our business for long term sustainability. Uh, I owe it for the investors, but I also owe it more so for our employees and stakeholders, who are our biggest stakeholders. Okay, so thank you. And I had another one on the, the last mile segment, just a housekeeping question. So this is a segment in, uh, you know, huge, huge growth rate since 2020. Is uh, Q2 a good run rate for what to expect going forward? Was there anything in the quarter to highlight that uh, helped out the results? I'm sorry, just say that one more time. I'm just trying to understand the question. Uh, the, the, so the, the last mile segment, I was just wondering if uh, Q2 was a good run rate for what to expect going forward, or if, there was, or if there was anything in the quarter to highlight that uh, helped results. Uh, I think one of the things about the last mile in this quarter, uh, comparatively to the previous uh, second quarter, is the fact that we did not have TDS at the time. So that's huge growth rate uh, in itself. TDS, it was last mile, dedicated delivery to to uh, pharmacies in, in Ontario. Um, so that's that's the big jump that you see. Um, uh, we continue to grow the last mile, uh, in particularly out west right now, um, and see as opportunities will come. So I don't I don't see the big jump. Uh, going forward, uh, and, you know, until we get a full year of TDS uh, underneath us, uh, the, we'll see the big jump. Um, Peter, when was the when was the TDS uh, transaction? October one. So we've got one October. more quarter of before okay. it before it wraps. Right on. So we got one more quarter of a big increase, but after that, it'll be pretty much, you know, mid to single digit growth uh, from that standpoint. Oh, sorry. Let me just uh, just looking even. Uh, Quarter over quarter compared to uh, Q1, uh, you know, I see a pretty big increase. So, was there anything? Because uh, I believe uh, TDS would have been in Q1 as well. Was there anything that helped the quarter over quarter increase in, in the uh, the top line for that business? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'll 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 uh, I mean I, I'll look at it offline. But I, I guess what, what was our growth from Q1 to Q2? I don't know. I know. I know. We we uh, I actually I referred to Castlegar earlier on. We did we did increase in in that area. Uh, one of our uh, wholesale customers did land a large retail uh, client, uh, uh, which has increased uh, uh, more runs into the into the fold. Uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Those are the two thing, two areas that I've seen the, the, the growth on there, and and we, we we continue, you know, Bob Brogan and his uh, his team continue to look at pipeline uh, in the pipeline. There's there's opportunities. Interestingly enough, there was one big opportunity coming up, and and one of the areas of concern is the fact that we couldn't fulfill those needs because we couldn't get the equipment 
ordered. We we're not gonna. We don't. We don't. Uh, we always underpromise and overdeliver. That's been our approach, and and uh, and we had to kind of walk away on this one. Um, on this opportunity. So. I appreciate that. That's all for me. Thank you. Thank you, James. Say hi to Walter. I will. Guess I'm not his darling anymore. Your next question comes from Stephen Kawai, National Bank. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Uh, actually, most have been answered already, uh, and I'm just calling in for Andrew, by the way. Uh, so just on the COVID contribution, I think you touched upon it. I just may have missed it. Um, how do you see it trending in, uh, in Q3? Is it more similar to Q1 or more similar to uh, what we just saw in Q2 or kind of in between? Thanks. Sorry, I lost. I lost part of the first question. When it concerns to which, sorry. Uh, just the COVID contribution that you guys saw in this okay. quarter. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just wondering, you know, how how you're seeing it in Q3. If you think it'll be more like what we just saw, or or kind of more like Q1. Yeah. So, um, uh, and and it's uh, my anticipation is not. It's not going to. It'll be more so like Q1. It may even be a little. Less. I mean, the most of the vaccines have been uh, funneled through our system, and it's not just vaccines. Um, it, it's the ancillary products that go with it, uh, but it's also the test kits. We were very busy in Q1 with test kits, um, uh, so in the distribution of those, and those have uh, those those have uh, are not quite as as as. Uh, uh, not quite as busy. The manufacturers that are producing the test kits and distributing the test kits. Um, so the combination of all, uh, we see a slowdown in in, in Q3. Um, I, like I said, I hope it was, you know, I hope it was zero. But uh, the reality is not. It's not going to be the case. Uh, so to answer your question, I I would anticipate that it would be closer to Q1 results going forward. Okay, perfect. That's all my questions. Great quarter. Thanks. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, if you do have a question, please press star 1 at this time. There are no further questions, so I will turn the conference back to Michael Andlauer. Please go ahead. Thank you, Michelle, uh, and thank you very much for uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, I'd like to uh, once again thank thank uh, everybody at AHG companies, employees, management, drivers, owner operators. Uh, you guys are awesome, and uh, I would also encourage all on the call to get vaccinated. Uh, we we, uh, we don't want to. We want to go through what we've gone through so far in the last uh, 18 months, and uh, uh, all the best of health to all of you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.